0: Everybody, welcome to another special prog report podcast episode. Uh, we're tackling uh, Neil Morse solo albums uh, on this one, doing an ultimate Neil Morse album uh, with our very special guest, Mike Portnoy's back. Hey, Mike, how are you?
1: Hey, how you doing, man?
0: Cool, man. Good to have you back. And uh, Daniel Levy is here.
2: Hello,
3: everyone.
0: And uh, Kyle Fagala from his office again, which is cool.
3: Yeah, I'm back.
0: Nice. Well, cool, man. Thanks to, uh, to everybody for being here. We're going to talk know, I, about, I never, yeah. I
1: never put two and two together, but Daniel, isn't Daniel Levy, uh, also Eugene, Le- the, the actor from uh Schitt's Creek. Yeah. Yeah. Schitt's yeah. yeah. Is
0: it? Dan Levy. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. So you, Daniel, you've gotten a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of, uh, exposure and, and, uh, True, naming wise. A lot of media I mean, that, attention yeah. the last few years. Yeah.
3: Emmy, Emmy yeah. award winning Daniel yeah.
2: Levy. <laughs> and also there's a Daniel Levy who's the president of a big, um, I think English football team. Oh, Very random. Right. But a lot of people go like with headlines on Twitter and tag me like, "Hey man, what are
0: you doing? What are you doing <laughs> this?" Event? Or stuff like that. Okay. Like, hey. That's cool. Uh yeah, Shits Creek, great show, by the way. I, so yeah, I, you
2: need to,
1: every time Daniel's on the show, you need to introduce him as Emmy award-winning Daniel Lennon.
0: We should Thank do that. you very much. You're on. <laughs> 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 so uh, yeah, well, we're going to get into the uh, the ultimate album thing here. Uh, but first, uh, we want to talk about the new Neil Morse Band album, Innocence in Danger, which comes out on August 27th. And the uh, first single was just put out, Do It All Again. Uh, Another big uh, Neil band epic song. Um, So let's go ahead and just, you know, talk about that a little bit. Um, You know, a clip came out today, actually, which is from the documentary. And in there, you guys are talking about definitely not wanting to go down a sequel to The Great Adventure. But talk about that a little bit, like how early on was that decision of what you wanted to do um, and to whether or not to to do a, a, a you know another sequel or not and that whole thing,
1: right? Well, I mean that was the big question. Even down even when we were still touring for the Great Adventure, we started having that conversation. Like, are we going to do a third? Are we really is, is this a trilogy or have we done this to death and we want to move on? So you know, we began talking about it at least a year before we scheduled this session. You know. And even leading up to the session, we would be sending emails back and forth and uh, Bill and Randy were sending a lot of musical ideas. So, you know, we started saying, you know, okay, we're definitely not doing a similitude sequel, right? But even though we said that until we actually delivered it to the label, nobody believed that we would stick to our guns because I don't think, you know, even Great Adventure, we, I I think at first we were like, okay, do we want to do this? And so until, until we, uh, deliver the record, you never know <laughs> what might happen. But yeah, uh when we went into the studio, we basically said, Okay, we're we're in agreement. This is gonna be uh just standalone songs, a la, you know, um the uh the grand experiment. So we you know, we, we made a conscious decision to not do another similitude uh story and make a record of freestanding songs like we did with the first album. Is that but- but what, like once again, until until the record was done, there was no guarantees that we would stick to our words with
0: that. Do you have just for you personally? Is there maybe is there sort of like a relief to not do that again, or or an, or excitement about doing something different, or you could take it or leave it. I mean, either way.
1: I mean, I I think we we made two 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 great great albums with Similitude and Great Adventure. And not everything has to be a trilogy. I mean, look at The Godfather. They, they should have just left the two alone. <laughs> right. you know. And I always viewed Similitude and Great Adventure like Godfather 1 and 2. They're both equal, equally good, in my opinion, and part of the same story. And then, you know, Godfather 3 kind of tarnished that legacy. So I think there was something to be said for moving on and just leaving those two alone and having a fresh slate to work with. The other thing was we didn't wanna do another double album. Um, So we made a conscious decision when we started the record, it's not gonna be part of the similitude story and it's not gonna be a double. And sure enough, uh, (laughs) one of those stuck, the other didn't. Uh, And we ended up with a double album, uh, even though that wasn't by design, it was just because we ended up having, you know, over 79 minutes worth of music. So it had to become two discs.
3: Right. So I know Innocence and Danger, we know it's a double. We talked about that. And I know like one disc is like shorter songs and there's a couple epics on the other. What about like the name? I actually saw Neil talking about how he wasn't sold on the name perhaps, but I guess question about the name, who landed on that, who liked that, and then how that informed the art direction, which is like kind of the theater of pain, like almost a Phantom of the Opera mask, like right. black and white on the front.
1: Well, actually... Um... Originally, the album was going to be called Inner Voices because uh, I had the idea of, we kind of did it with Transatlantic with uh, TAV, and then that kind of you know created the album title. So we were kind of mm. thinking, should this be like NMB1V? So let's come up with an album title with, with the, the initials IV. Uh, so we started kicking around a lot of different names and then we all mm. agreed on Inner Voices. So that was going to be the title, and then uh, I was uh, doing my percussion tracks, and uh, we—I was doing the song um, the way it had uh, the way it had to be. And I heard Neil's. I was doing like shaker track or whatever, and I heard Neil sing "Innocence and Danger," which was. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. It was Eric. Eric sings right. that song, but uh, Neil had written the lyrics. And I when I heard Eric sing "Innocence and Danger," I was like, "Hey, that's a that's a cool phrase. That could be a cool album title." So. In the 11th hour, I went to the guys, I was like, what do you think about that as an uh, album title? And everyone was like, yes, that's that's cool. Actually, Neil wasn't sold, but the other guys were. Yeah. And once the other guys were, Neil was was on board with it. But yeah, that was just, I think Neil wrote that in passing for the lyrics, Eric sings it, and then it just felt like a, a cool title because of um, it's a double album. And then I, I suggested to the guys, we could call it Disc One Innocence because it's the shorter songs. and. This too could be danger because it's the longer epics and then at that point um you know i gave i started working with thomas Ewerhard on the uh artwork and, and the layout and thomas ran with that and came up with the different uh visuals uh you know kind of the the yang and yang and uh you know black and white and you'll see in the booklet like all the lyrics for uh innocence the first disc are all against a white backdrop and then all the lyrics for danger or against a black backdrop. Right. And even the vinyl, like, uh, well, we had a problem with the vinyl. Cause it was like, well, I want like the, the innocence vinyls to be white and the danger vinyls to be black. But the problem was <laughs> the second LP of the three has um, half of the, you know, side a is the ending of innocence and side B is the beginning of danger. Right. So we couldn't do a double sided color. So we made the, the Second vinyl, uh, gray, so you have white, gray, <laughs> and black. <There> you go. <laughs>
2: but, uh, uh, I love the artwork, it looks pretty good. Well, to- uh, Thomas uh, Ewhart is, I he think, is he's, best, he's yeah. awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And, and speaking about the, the initials, like I, I noticed you guys started going with N and B instead of Neil Moore's span more, uh, labeling that kind of stuff. I know this might have been the intention, of, like in the long run, but uh, why did you guys decide on doing that?
1: We uh When we were making the record, uh, especially this record, I don't know if you've heard in interviews, but Neil came in with nothing. This is the first album I've ever done with Neil ever, where not a single demo or note was sent in advance from him. And um, he uh, purposely wanted to kind of leave the floor open to everybody else's ideas. Uh, So once we started working on the album, a lot of stuff came from Bill. And a lot from Randy as well. So we started making the record and I almost started joking like, well, you know, this maybe we should just change the name of the band for this album instead of the Neil Morse band. It could be like the Bill Hubauer band and we'll change the name of the band from album to album. (laughs) But uh, it really felt like, you know, this is such a band and it almost feels with uh, with all due respect to Neil and Neil agrees with this, by the way, it's almost a disservice or to, to be referred to as the Neil Morse band, when everybody is bringing so much to the table, not only in terms of songwriting, but playing and singing, you know, Bill and Eric sing equal amount of leads that, that Neil does. And I sing an awful lot as well. So it almost felt like as this developed more and more and more as a band, calling it the Neil Morse band was almost like um, just not a true representation of what this had become. So okay. we had the idea this time around, to so let's maybe let's rebrand it. Let's just try to, Uh, I I remember I I pitched it to the guys. I was like, well, you know, everyone calls ELO, ELO. You know, the real name is Electric Light Orchestra or, or, uh, you know, PFM or, uh, you know, ELP. So I I was like, why don't we just try to rebrand this like as a, a, you know, initials, Uh, even Liquid Tension Experiment, everyone just says LTE. So the idea was pitched. What do you think about rebranding this as NMB to maybe make it less of a Neil thing and more of a band thing and everybody including Neil was into the idea but of course right? there's a lot of technical difficulties with that that the label had to agree to we had to run it by inside out to make sure that wouldn't be an issue because now is the catalog is this now going to be okay three albums by Neil Band and one as NMD so there's a lot of technical things like if in terms of label stuff, it's still the Neil Morse band and it still says that there, but we're kind of trying to rebrand it where people kind of start to refer to it as NMB mm-hmm. because it's more of a band. It's more of a, a unit and a collaborative uh, band.
0: Yeah. So, I was going to ask you uh, actually about the, the, the songwriting and how that changed, but um, does the fact that this band is able to do kind of like the popier stuff, you know, your place in the sun and some of those things on the record, is that really, I, I almost feel like that's a big signature of this unit, right? That Absolutely. that it's not just the prox stuff. the prox stuff's is always there. And that you can also hear on, on transatlantic or on a Neil Moore solo record, but this kind of poppy stuff and the different sides is what you guys really try to say, Hey, we can do this too.
1: Well, first of all, Neil's always had that. If you look at Neil's solo work, we're going to talk about it today, but uh, Neil has always had that balance of prog epics and short poppy, you know, beatles kind of songs. And that carries into Transatlantic, carries into Flying Colors, uh, and it even carried into Neil Morse band. You know, if you look at Similitude and Great Adventure, those are mammoth epic uh you know uh pieces, but within it, you know, you had uh The Ways of the Fool and Hey Ho Let's Go and all these kind of little poppy songs in, in between. And that's not only Neil, I mean I think Bill Bill Hubauer the ways of the fool stem from bill hubauer right. bill's got a great great poppy uh side as well you know he he loves whether it be super tramp or billy joel or ben folds you know he's got that side as well and same with randy randy's always kicking out you know references to these 70s like am pop songs like you know the night chicago died or billy don't be a hero whatever he you know, weird references so it runs you know everybody in the band maybe less eric eric is more of a younger kind of shredder kind of prog metal guy but me neil uh randy and and bill especially really like that those short 70s kind of poppy references so yeah that i mean it's always been a part of this band but now even it's even more apparent the way we broke it up from
3: disc to disc yeah well i i love that that's what i like about the band and i i you hear on this one i think a lot of bill's influence and definitely i I think of like that power pop late 70s early 80s kind of Cinematic sort of vibe that shows up on these songs, which is like my favorite kind of stuff. Uh, I want to ask real quick about drumming, since you are a drummer. As you explain all the <laughs> other stuff, yeah, it, it, you, you do a lot of other stuff too, like playing <laughs> out. Uh, yeah, plays a bassist. Yeah, very multifaceted uh, <laughs> instr- instrumentalist and vocalist, etc. But on drums in particular, this is like you know at whatever number album you've done with Neil. I'm sure you know the exact number. <laughs> Uh, It's another hour and 40 minutes of music. And, you know, I think most musicians and most drummers worry about repeating themselves or like, you know, they want to approach the drums differently on this album. Have you just at this point kind of given up on the like the realistic nature of that? And like, did you approach this album any differently? Or do you just kind of show up and say, I'm going to play what feels right. I'm just going to do this. That's it. I, I,
1: I, I don't think about it. In fact, I don't think I've thought about my drumming and having to you know, reach some sort of, you know, expectation. I haven't thought about that for a long time. Even when I was still back in Dream Theater, I stopped thinking about it and caring about it. I do what I do. Um, I have my style. I mean, I see I see a lot of drummers maybe, you know, giving me some criticism. Oh, it's the Mike Portnoy tool Toolbox. You know, it's the same old fills, same old parts. Look, that's called having a style. You know, that's yeah. called having, that's, that's what I do. That's my thing. You know, I, I play how I play. I'm not... Um, a terribly technical drummer, but I guess in answer to the question, I I, I don't think about that stuff. I kind of always play for the song. Uh, No matter what band I'm with, whether it be NMB, Flying Colors, Transatlantic, Sons of Apollo, Winery Dogs, all of these bands, Metal Allegiance, Dream Theater, in all those cases, we write together in a room, and I'm sitting behind my drums in, in any one of these configurations. And I spend 90% of my focus in, during the writing process looking at the song, the song structure, the arrangements, the the key changes, the melodies, uh, you know, all those things. Uh, and then as we're putting the parts together, I'm, you know, I'm playing to these parts. A lot of times maybe something I play will spark something, but I'm not, I'm, I'm really focusing on all the other stuff uh, when we're writing. And then when it comes time to tracking my parts, I don't think about it. I just Play. Uh, I I just kind of know how I want the grooves to feel. The fills are completely spontaneous from take to take, and I could say the same thing playing playing live from night to night. Uh, You know, if there's a thing that's like a signature part, okay, I'll play that. But other than that, I like flying off the seat of my pants. Like, you know, whether while writing, while recording, while performing. I'm just not like a Neil Peart kind of guy where I sit there and I structure my parts and I, I kinda just play what feels natural and what just comes out.
2: I kinda of feel like that's part of the identity, right? That what's make that what's makes you you Yeah, when I mean, you go live expect to hear something different. Yeah. It's, cool. it's and, so,
1: and lots of people are different. You know, there's a lot of drummers that do it the other way but this is just the way that I am and the way I feel comfortable.
0: Yeah. It's worked so far. Yeah.
2: yeah, but so let's talk a little bit about the tour that you guys are expecting yeah. to go on, hopefully in October, right? I think it's October.
1: Oh, I can't it's wait. September.
2: Yeah, I, I, fingers crossed. I don't think I'll make it. Uh, I really hope I can, but I don't think I will. But either way, I'm excited to to have the guys there and enjoy it for me. And also for you guys to go back on stage and enjoy because you must be dying. And, yeah I'm curious if you know what you're what you're playing already if you're doing some of the longer songs that are oh yeah i mean i trendy. i
1: i wrote the set list and submitted it to the guys a few months ago already actually um well first part of the question um touring i i can't wait i i the only show i've played or shows was last year's morse fest uh that's the only performance like live performance i've done in the past year and a half and even right. that was to a pretty empty room so yeah I, I cannot wait to actually be on stage again with a real audience and, and uh, so yeah um, more it begins at Fest and then from there we're going to do uh, I think uh, you know a handful of shows through the States and then uh, you know it would have been nice to go right over to Europe but obviously Europe is not open yet so we had to schedule the European portion of the tour for next uh, May and June in, in in hopes that everything will be open over there by then uh sadly we, we don't have any south american shows the same situation because everything is just <laughs> yeah. still up in the air but yeah the i used to disaster <laughs> i yeah i can't wait i mean i can't wait to be playing again and uh you know this will be my first shows back our first shows back and even though it's uh it's in october it feels like a year away for me at this point but as far as the set list uh for morse fest um you know this isn't a concept album so it's not like previous Morf- fest where okay one night we're doing you know the whole album of similitude or great adventure with right. with innocence and danger it's um it's just freestanding songs so the songs we're not gonna perform the album at from top to bottom as like a concept album because it's not so the songs will be interspread over two nights but uh i had the idea of Let's break up the nights. Uh, so f- uh, the first night will be an evening of innocence and then the mm. second night will be an evening of danger. So that's what Ooh. this year's Morse Fest will be. <laughs> and uh, so the concept being the first night will be the shorter popular songs and the second night, the epics. But it's not just from Innocence and Danger. It's from the whole Neil Morse catalog. Mm. So the songs that fit into that theme or concept spread over two nights. So that's that's the idea. And then we'll, we'll continue that same theme <laughs> On the live shows we do with uh, uh, two sets, you know, first set and a second set. So it'll be the same concept. That's,
0: That's amazing. So that Danger old. Night's going to be pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. I, Neil's are, well, I don't want to
1: throw him under the yeah, bus, yeah. but Neil's already tried to cut it back. Like, how long is this? <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah we can. Six songs,
0: them. four and a half hours.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not too different from. It's not too <laughs> far from that. <laughs> But well, then also, also picture the first night, how many songs you're going to get. Because if all those songs are falling in the five to ten minute zone, it's it's going to be a, a long set. Yeah. Well, I should say just a, a, a you know a diverse set with a lot of songs.
0: That's mm-hmm. great. Well, that's exciting. That's a little nugget of information cool. to, to yeah. find out here. That's very cool. Um, all right. So, uh, well, again, the Innocent Danger comes out August 27th. Uh, a few more singles on the way, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, check... Uh, you can go to radiantrecords.com for tour dates, the band's Facebook, Mike's Facebook, all that information is there. And, um, man, I'm hoping. I can't wait to uh, to be at Morse Fest and see the band and, and uh, experience a live show for the first uh, time in forever. Uh, Which will be uh, amazing. Yeah, so, uh, let's jump into this. So, um, you know, what would be an Ultimate Neil Morse album? So, what we decided was, because... It, would, it gets too crazy if you're throwing Spock's Beard and Flying Colors and Transatlantic and all the other things. So we sort of, Wikipedia helped us because if you click on <laughs> Neil Moore's solo albums, it sort of has its own discography and it's it's uh, about 11 albums. And it runs from, I'm just going to read it here. So it's the, the first two Neil Moore solo records, which, uh, you know, have a little proggy stuff here and there. Um, and Testimony 1, Question Mark, solo Scriptura, Lifeline... Testimony 2, uh, Momentum, uh, Jesus Christ the Exorcist, which is uh, listed under Neil Moore Solo, so we're including that, and then the most recent solo record, which is Solo Gratia, and um, even, f- it, like that's a lot of music just there, which is going to be uh, a mega challenge, so we're each going to pick three songs, go kind of around Robin for Ultimate of 12, and um, let's see, Mike, you get to go first, so uh, where, are you, where are you starting us off?
1: I mean, this is, this is a hard challenge for me because I yeah. played on um, so much of this. Out of that whole list you just mentioned, the only thing I don't play on is the first two and then also uh, Jesus Christ, uh, the Exorcist. So everything else there, it kind of feels weird for me to be picking stuff I was involved with. So it's a little... little- weird for me so I I guess (laughs) what I'm gonna do is I'll start with picking one that I didn't play on so uh, this way I feel kind of fair about it okay Um, and I'm gonna pick a a whole nother trip from his first solo album yeah definitely okay and that was always a favorite of mine when he put out that first uh, album he was still in Spock so I was still like you know looking for more Neil music you know this is before he had done anything with me I think Right. Uh, maybe only the first two one or two transatlantic albums, but anyway, so I was still really loving, uh, you know, anything he did and eating it up. And that first solo album came out with Nick on drums. And it was more of the poppy side. The whole album is like really kind of poppy Beatles, Paul McCartney, John Lennon type stuff, except for a whole nother trip, which was the only kind of epic on there. And so sure enough, I, I, I really loved that one and always wanted to play it. Uh, at a Morse Fest and, fi- and I always pushed to play it or do it on one of the Neil Morse solo tours. And finally I was able to convince him to do it at one of the Morse Fest, I don't remember what year. No,
2: 2015.
1: 2015, okay. Yeah. So finally uh, I convinced him to doing it. It was a lot of fun playing that one, yeah, but yeah. Great. So yeah, only because I'm not on it and it's my favorite from the three albums that, that are on the table here yeah. that I didn't play on it. That's my favorite from all three of those songs.
4: A stranger in a desert land, wound up with nothing in a
0: I had that on my list to uh to talk about as well so so for sure but i'm i'm with you the same kind of time frame because i was just getting into discovering spock's beard at, at the time and it was like oh and anything he was doing i was just obsessed with and then that album is even the the non-prog stuff that's on that album is all really great that's an amazing yeah. record if you haven't heard that one
1: and and the follow-up uh yeah those are really great, good great. stuff
0: He has all those quirky lyrics, you know, that kind of stuff, um, which which is great in there. But for me, the 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 best part of that whole nother trip is the man that would be king, which I just thought is one of his best. You know, it's one of the cuts in there, um, which is amazing. Big fan of that one.
1: I love it all. Mr. Upside Down, every portion of that. that, It's almost (laughs) it's not a traditional epic. It's more of like a sweet Charlotte Pike kind of song or Abbey Road kind of. Side too, it's kind of a bunch of smaller songs pieced together, but yeah, it's
0: very favorite. cool. Uh, Kyle, you want to go uh, next?
3: I'd be happy to, yeah. Whole nother Trip was maybe the most surprising single moment of a Morse Fest because that was like a it was really surprise. great to
0: see that. I, I should yeah. mention that too, yeah. That was such yeah. a treat to it's see like, that whoa. live, yeah,
3: yeah. So, very cool. All right, well, I love that you picked that first because then we can sort of go pseudo chronologically. I'm gonna jump an album, which maybe doesn't make a lot of sense because the album I'll be jumping is Testimony. But I'll just be honest, I, I don't know what you guys might pick. I have a hard time picking a single song from Testimony to like put on an ultimate album. Like I I listened to it a couple times through and I, I know that album, that was the first Neil Moore solo album I had. I had the live disc, all that. I can't pick a song. So I'm gonna skip to one, which is actually my, my personal favorite Neil Moore solo album. I love it. And I could probably pick six or seven songs from this album, but in keeping with the pseudo chronological concept that I like I'm going to go with the creation yeah um super popular uh on tours I've seen him play it a few times it brings me back again a lot of my memories go to Morse Fest because for a lot of us this was like when we got to see Neil perform these songs um I think I'd seen it before on a previous tour but it was that second night of the first Morse Fest kicking that off with all the horns and all the big sound um just I get goosebumps thinking about it and then in particular, there's certain sections of Neil's songs that I just really, really love. And this section that uh, I'll just read the lyrics, if that's okay. The why, why are you hiding? You were ashamed bled oh, yeah. my eyes. Yeah. I gave you love life. That. And all that's that called, I wanted was just a the... thing. Sorry. Yeah, I don't go want ahead. To... No, 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 it's I don't
1: good. Want... That, that was called the money bridge. Yeah.
3: The money <laughs> bridge, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, the bill, the bill's to it. And then that release. Yeah. Oh, anyway, I didn't mean to cut
0: off yeah. The, yeah. the
3: lyrics. No, no. Yeah, definitely. But but you chose a line that was the last line um i <laughs> mean we, we we know those lyrics but the, the why part where he kind of like you know with a rough voice sort of sings yeah, that out. so much emotion on that yeah uh so anyway i just remember jumping up and down as that song kicked in probably next to daniel or something uh yeah. what, what a hell of a song <laughs> and it's what 17 18 minutes long great great start to that album so the creation yeah
0: That, that was a great, 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 pick. Great I
2: mean, you you go you could go on one and pick basically every song there. Yeah, like the it, <laughs> it has a very special place in my heart. I I even have the the drum hat right there. Oh wow, oh, there you go. Yeah, I didn't know like really right that. Yeah, it's been a while, but wow. yeah, it's here. That was <laughs> and it's, and
3: it's. Go ahead, Mike. I was just gonna say it, it's not video game related, so that's that means he really likes it.
2: <laughs> uh... that, that's the music wall The video game stuff is
3: here.
1: Yeah, that was maybe. one of the songs that um, that Neil auditioned all the, the guys with uh, when we found uh, Bill and, and Eric and Adson. I think that was one of the songs that everybody had to play was the creation. And I think <laughs> Eric came in and played it on every instrument.
2: <laughs> That's,
4: yeah. Cool, That's crazy. Yeah. All right, yeah, Dan,
2: you're up. Crazy. Okay, so uh, uh, just to satisfy Kyle, I will continue along okay. and, and go chronologically. Uh, my pick is from Question Mark in honor of the great Jeff Bailey, because that's his favorite album. I'm going with Entrance. That to me is a classic for yeah. sure. Uh, it's on the climax of the album. And, and that's the kind of thing, uh, Question Mark is a concept album. So every time you pick a song from that, it kind of has the context of the, the concept built in. So having Entrance right next to 12 makes it even better because it flows super well and it goes into the, the instrumental stuff. but uh, that song has a, a special place in my heart. So I remember seeing that the first time I watched um, Neil, actually Neil Moore's band, It was on the Momentum Tour, I think, in Europe, and and they played us, uh, you guys, I mean, my, played a, a short suite from, from Question Mark, and and that part I always remember. Everyone singing the, um, I forgot the lyrics, always. But anyways, uh, it's it's a it's a great song, and I think it's a classic. The, the Question Mark as a whole, but got to go yeah. got to pick one song
1: See, I technically you could call question mark one song. When when Neil sent uh, his demo for question mark, it was called I think it was called uh, well it was question mark all along, I think. But in any case, it was one song. It was one 50 minute song and same with when he sent his demo for testimony too. it was one song. So when I got Mm -hmm. to know, know those songs to to learn them for the sessions it wasn't broken into songs yet the the individual subdivisions didn't have titles or ids or anything so i actually had to chart question mark out as one 50 minute or however long it is (laughs) song so technically you could have gotten away with picking that as one song if you really (laughs) didn't you know if you you, if you'd wanted to kind of bend the rules a little bit because a lot of these things that neil writes if even though they get chopped up even like looking at um you know, similitude, like some of those original demos were just long, big,
2: giant chunks. Okay, so my pick is question mark. I hope Jeff <laughs> is
0: happy. <laughs> yeah, we're sticking with Entrance. But yeah. uh, no, but you know what? It, it, it's sometimes subjective with how the track listings go with those albums. Because with with question mark, sorry, I feel like there's certain points where, like, like the first three or four songs all go right into the others, like completely. You don't even realize you're on another world or on, you know, sweet elation or they're all like together. So yeah, it's, it's, it, it depends. Um, but that's a great choice. So we're, we're doing good. Cause I'm really excited because my choice wasn't picked yet. And the album I was going to yeah. pick from wasn't picked <laughs> yet. So this is great. Um, I'm going to go solo scriptura continuing unintentionally wow. the, the, uh, <laughs> the order. Uh, but I'm going to go conflict, which, um, is, quite possibly my favorite song on this entire like list of albums. Um, so I, I just think it's, I remember hearing that and just being blown away by all the different styles and things that happen in one song. It was, it's really breathtaking. Like it was, first of all, it was the heaviest thing Neil had done at that point, which was great, which was kind of a cool change. And to, to be able to hear that a little bit, but that song gets really heavy in the beginning Then it goes into, you know, that underground part, which is that crazy kind of shred thing that that happens on that record. Then you got the flamenco kind of Latin thing in there. And then it it closes on this beautiful kind of ballad, uh, you know, Already Home, which has that epic kind of theme at the end to close it out, which is like one of my favorite things. And um, so and actually when I first saw the band live on also on the Momentum tour, you guys were playing that whole song, which was really exciting. So uh, that's always been my favorite. And uh, yeah, so I'm glad to throw that on here. So that's what I'm going with.
1: Similar to the creation where it, it you know, it's a big chunk that starts, it starts, it starts solar, right? Second, song, yeah. uh, oh, second song. Oh, second song. Oh, second song. All First is the, the door. The, the door. door. The, okay. So, you're right. But anyway, it's like the creation uh, where it's just a big, big chunk of the story and you're getting so much there. Yay. making a comeback.
0: That's cup, great. Mate. That's the same yeah. guy? This is
3: this is. No, this is actually the pediatric dentist who uh, practices next door. He's making fun of the window washer because uh, oh, the,
0: that's the awesome. story made
3: it. The story made it around. So, oh he's, man, that's he's amazing. So, that's great. Uh, at, least wearing, at least he's wearing pants. He is wearing pants this time. Yeah, no flashing. That's
0: fantastic. Yeah. Love it.
4: Very so, cool. So, um,
3: I, I wanted to say this. Like you talked about the how heavy Sola is. Uh, Listening back through these records, Roy and I talked about this. We have similar opinions most of the time. But to me, like one and solo still stand out to me. Those are my two favorites probably. But I guess is solo like the heaviest thing that Neil's done as a solo album? I mean, obviously to that point, but even since then, I mean, the Great great Adventure would be heavier. I think Great Adventure's
0: heavier, right?
3: There are some
0: moments in
2: momentum that are pretty heavy too.
3: yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's a general, solo album, like this I would be agree. the heaviest the heaviest point, right?
2: Yeah, and it's probably the reason it, it drew me in, because solo was my first neo-solo album I listened to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the heaviness kind of attracted me at the time, because I, I usually I used to listen to way more heavier stuff. So yeah. the first time I listened to The Door, it, it immediately, I know that's not the song we're talking about, but that immediately blew my mind.
1: I think, if I remember correctly, the, the riff that opens up this song that we're talking about. Apparently, uh, I think that's a riff that Neil had since like high school, like him and Alan, uh, him and his brother Al had a band and that was like, like this kind of heavy metal, like, uh, like parody riff or whatever. They're they're almost kind of (laughs) like mocking, oh, let's have a heavy riff. And and he finally got to use it on on solo. But I think also Paul Gilbert doing all the shredding on top of that also gives a a lot of appeal to it as well.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, that's, totally. that's awesome. All right, so do, we got. Do you first, think? Uh, sorry, go I ahead. want to ask
3: this real quick. I, I'm yeah. like fascinated with the, how heavy that album is and how distinctly heavy it is. Do you think it was influenced on any level by like what Dream Theater was doing at the time? Like, was that because I mean, obviously Dream Theater went really heavy with Train of Thought. 2007 kind
0: of, was Sola, so yeah. Train of Thought was.
3: It would have been just before, years right? After. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I I don't know. You know, that was you know Neil's album once again. It wasn't Neil Morse band, so. You know, most of the stuff we're talking about here, I didn't contribute to the writing. I wasn't. Sure. It, it was all Neil demoed it and sent it to me and Randy, and then we made the records. Um, so I don't know. You'd have to ask him. But I mean, yeah. maybe because I was still in Dream Theater at that point, and uh, maybe Neil was hearing what I was doing with with the band, and perhaps it had some kind of influence, or maybe but, he realized that's a big part of my audience's uh, kind of taste. So. I don't know you'd have to ask him no, though. subject
0: matter too might have played into it right i mean it's sort of darker sure. subject yeah, matter well, i think
1: and once again um i think the demos for sola they were at the time the album was called martin so all of my demos that are in my itunes from that album it was called the martin demos uh i i don't remember offhand if, if it was demoed as four individual tracks or if it was one 60 minute demo I, I can't remember i can probably look it up but i don't want to waste our time here but but yeah, but uh, I
0: don't so know. so the first the first four tracks we went with are a whole nother trip creation entrance and conflict so <laughs> pretty epic. Uh, you're yeah. up again, Mike.
1: Well, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue with the chronological thing only because <laughs> this one falls kind of in line. So uh, I'm gonna go with Seeds of Gold uh, from the uh, Testimony Two bonus disc. Yay! Yeah, it had to be uh, here. And that was, I remember, when we uh, we were faced with a little bit of a dilemma because Testimony 2 was its own thing. and But Neil also had these demos for Seeds of Gold and um, what else was on there? Uh, 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 Supernatural and uh, something else I can't remember off the top of my head. But anyway, he had these great songs and Seeds of Gold was so good. And it was like really my favorite song from that session, even though it wasn't part of the Testimony 2 disc. Uh, so, I, I almost felt bad that it was getting delegated to a bonus disc, you know, because it was such a good song and really one of my favorite Neil epics of all time. Uh, it has that amazing solo that builds that Steve Morse plays on. Uh, but I got to say, the original Neil guitar solo on the original demo, I love Steve Morse. Steve's one of my favorites of all time. Uh, but I preferred Neil's original solo on his demo. It built and built and built and built. Really? Yeah, I'm sure he's probably released it through the Inner Circle or something. It's probably yeah. out there. But uh tremendous song. I just, I, I remember going into that session, uh, loving that song, loving the melodies, loving the different pieces of it. And I was also sick as a dog when I tracked that one. Um, I got really sick at the end of the Testimony 2 sessions. Um hmm. And, you know, we we cut those three uh bonus tracks at the end of the session. So by the time I got around to, seeds of gold that was really sick but yeah it's a favorite though
0: just cause we had this argument with Jeff about whether those songs were bonus disc or disc two. And so on some albums there's stuff labeled as bonus disc. It's not labeled bonus on the back of testimony Two. So is it, does it, it doesn't really make a difference, but I'm just curious.
1: Well, I think it does make a difference because
0: like, I know I
1: personally didn't want a song like that to be kind of perceived as just a bonus throwaway track. Uh, I can't remember offhand. Maybe maybe you guys do, but was every version of Testimony Two a double disc, or was that only like on a special edition?
0: I, I think understand. it was every one, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: So it was always it was always part of the package. So I think the whole thing was basically the first disc was Testimony Two, and then you had a couple of bonus tracks, I guess. Uh, and Seeds of Gold would be kids but since then we, uh, we I think we did it on a lot of that tour as well mm-hmm. we also did it at Morse Fest so it's it's gotten its fair day in the sun at this point uh, which is good because it's I think it's uh, one of the best of that Neil's written
4: yeah I great. think
2: Seeds of Gold had to be here it's the one song that couldn't uh, could not be on this list uh, to me it's probably my favorite song Neil's, Neil has wrote, written Probably, I don't know. It, that's a, a hard statement to make, right? But uh, in general, yeah, I think pretty my pretty favorite good. part within it is the, the homecoming part, which is just, the lyrics are beautiful, it's uh, emotional emotional section. And I mean, it had to be here.
3: Yeah, yeah. for sure. All right, Kyle, you're up. I, I could just see how sad Daniel was to not get to pick <laughs> C.C.
0: No, uh, it, it's fine. It's great, <laughs> no. leaves room, you
3: know? Yeah, exactly. But, it's, it's okay since the man who played on it got to pick it. Um, so, uh, well, man, I'm I'm so excited. This is like when you're doing fantasy football draft and it just like, it just falls the way you want it. <laughs> right. So I get, I, get, I get to pick my guy here. Uh, so I actually had sort of lost touch a little bit with Neil's music. And so I had listened to the Transatlantic Discs and I listened to Testimony and to One. And then somehow it just sort of like lost track a little bit along that time. I don't know, you know. I have to go back and ask my previous self, but uh, I had always stuck with Dream Theater, but I came back to Neil like in full force with Momentum. And so I was able to see in Nashville that show and actually, you know, them picking the band members was like a big part of me getting like real, like interested in it again, which is kind of interesting historically. And Mike, I'm glad you decided to play drums in the band, no offense to the other guys, but um, so the Momentum album is a big one to me. And I feel like on some level it doesn't get talked about maybe as much as I think it deserves. I think it's a fantastic album. I love the song Momentum. I thought about picking it just because for me on a personal level, like that was a big like song kicking me off back into like now the music that I, I really love again. But I have to go with what I think is really the, the most essential track on that album, which is World Without End. Um, and so I think there are epics and then there are epics with all capitals. So as far as I know, this is the longest epic that Neil has done as a solo Artist 33 minutes, 40 33 seconds. Minutes, yeah. Yeah, and so uh, I just like that, you know, each epic is different, obviously, but this one just has a really unique and almost like a maybe a looser feel to it. Like I like um, that there are some like jam sections. I like that it's got, it almost feels like produced in a time where like anything was possible. It feels like maybe a little bit less by formula than maybe some or maybe some songs he gets accused of. There's like flute in it. There's clarinet in it. Um, the middle part is awesome. Adson. Uh, plays a really sick series of solos and then it feels like it's going to end at least to my ear around like 23 24 minutes and then it just goes on for 10 more (laughs) it's got like it's a a (laughs) world it's a world without end that's right
0: (laughs) they couldn't end it
3: soon yeah the bass solo is great i mean it's it's just an awesome song it's one that i i haven't you know in preparing for this i haven't listened to it maybe in a couple years and i was just like blown away at how good it is so anyway
0: Yeah, nice one. Uh, so we've gone three straight twenty-five-plus-minute epics in a row. Yeah, <laughs> not sur- not too surprising. Um, yeah, I was afraid that would happen. I mean, I we, you, you know I revisited I revisited Momentum recently, and it's it is it's sort of a forgotten record for no reason whatsoever. But it's an amazing album from from beginning to end. Uh, thoughts,
1: thoughts part 5. thoughts part two part five
0: actually. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. so good. Uh, So, yeah, no, we've really gone completely in order. It's amazing. Um, That's just... Well, we've left some
3: albums out, but we have gone in order. Yeah. 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 Uh,
0: All right, Dan, you're up.
2: Yeah, we left a couple out, but now I'm going all the way back to Testimony. So, Kyle, you said it was difficult to pick one song uh, from that album, but I have my list here, and every album I have at least two songs, uh, besides the testimonies. And the first one, the obvious pick for me is the storm before the calm. To me, that's a highlight. Um, Life at Morse Fest, I remember it. Yeah, see? That's Ooh. it. Uh, I remember it like it was yesterday, just the, the saxophone solos. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone with the, the costumes, right? Everyone in white. And man, th- this song is so, I mean, it's so fun. It, it has the best themes. I, I feel like God's theme is Neo's most maybe striking theme, the, the most memorable memorable theme he's ever written on Testimony and Testimony 2. And the the one that the version that plays in the end of so, Storm Before the Calm, which is a slower version, very no very smooth. That's my favorite version of it. Um, so after all the storm, right, comes the calm. And I love the concept, the name of the song, how it goes with the music, how it marries it all together. Uh, In general, I just think it's a fun track, an excellent use of uh, brass instruments, and it it brings a lot of the the great riffs and themes and melodies and vocal sections from Testimony. It's just a great combination.
0: I'm glad we had a song from there because we would have upset a lot of people if we gotta wrap it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: and Jeff would have destroyed we were, us. Yeah, Jeff would have killed us. So, Mike, do you have a favorite song from Testimony? Or is there like one that stands out to you? I don't want to take a future pick from you, but just well, curiously. That well, was because that was the first one he did with him. Right. Course. Uh
1: we could talk about that after Roy goes, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
4: Fair
0: hmm. enough. All right. Hmm. Well. This is tough. That's starting to get tricky. It's starting to get tricky. All right, I'm gonna go. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go one more, one more epic just for fun, and I'm gonna go to another record we didn't go to, which is Lifeline, and I'm gonna go. So many roads. Yeah. Um, which I love. I love that song. <laughs> and uh, there's a uh, again is even with this song. There's there's all the prog kind of shreddy moments in it. But the part I like the most, I forget what it's called, but it, it's kind of the, uh, the, alto the sax. no, the yeah. after it, the yeah. kind of alto <laughs> sax kind of, you know, groovy kind of folky part in the middle, which, uh, which I love. And I, I, the name of it, cause I don't have the separated, you know, within the Epic listed in front of me.
1: Actually, it bothered the hell out of me that the version that we just put out at Morsefest, Neil put IDs throughout the whole, so many roads. So you could actually hear where the where the section split, but it right, right, right. really bothered me.
0: I remember getting that, and I was
1: like, "Oh man, why'd you put IDs through the through the song?"
0: Yeah, uh, uh, "Humdrum Life," I think that might be the life. You. Yeah, and then and then I like you know Eyes of the Savior and that whole kind of you know epic kind of thing that that leads up to the end. Uh, yeah, um, you know Lifeline is a bit of a different record, I guess. Another one of those forgotten ones, but I think this epic uh, uh, maybe by accident gets forgotten too uh, because of that. That's one you guys have never played at Morsefest, I don't think.
3: Oh, no, they did. Yeah, yeah we did. did.
0: Oh, you did it. Okay, um, that was
3: twenty fifteen. They did like that and a whole other trip. It was like. No, uh, I, wait, I, wait. I, no, it was
0: 2019. Might so, no,
3: be
1: 2019. You're all, I think you're all wrong. It was 2017. <laughs> Not true. Was it? Yeah, was it? it was the the year that we did um,
0: Testimony 2. Oh, the epics and Testimony 2. Testimony
1: 2, and then That's the right. Lost Epics, and then oh uh, yeah. Two. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're all yeah,
2: wrong. It's, it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, hard well, this, is also, so, this is uh, also one of my favorites. I think on Lifeline, that and Leviathan are like the best things ever. The, the rest, I, I love it. I like it, too. But those two, they are the standouts.
0: Yeah, the stuff like The Way Home is cool. And obviously, Lifeline uh-huh. is great. Fly High. Um, yeah. yeah, it's, uh, again, it's, I mean, See nothing it. Nothing is bad. What are you going to say? Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So, Mike, uh, your, your last choice here. All right. So, I, I can
1: answer Kyle's question here. And also, uh, the, the the question of how do you pick one song from Testimony? Uh, well, first, first of all, Kyle, to answer your question, I mean, some of the songs from Testimony that stand out for me, um, like I love uh, the I, I Am Willing. That was always one of the parts of the show that brought me to tears and goosebumps. It was, that was uh, where, where Neil would uh, I think that was the song where he would uh, give his testimony and about um, what happened with Jada and everything. But yeah, so I Am Willing always moved me. Um, and I liked, uh, some of the shorter kind of popular songs like, uh, break a day and, uh, you know, uh, colder, uh, California nights. I'm looking at the track, track listing here, but in answer to your question, um, how do you pick anything from testimony? I'm going to use the self imposed, uh, rule that I was able to break because when, when Niels sent me the testimony demos. It was only five songs, part yeah. one, part two, part three, part four, and part five. And we even had that on the album, so it's broken into parts. And we did that on The Great Adventure as well. So that, so each one of them is almost like 15, 20-minute epic chunks within them. So I'm going to go with Testimony part five, which is essentially the last four songs in the album. So it starts with, uh, actually, it'll be the last five songs now. Overture number three, Rejoice, which I absolutely love. Oh Lord, my God, which I absolutely love, and then it goes into God's theme too, and then the land, the beginning again, uh, you know, the closing of the album. So you're really getting a nice chunk of all my favorite parts and stuff from Testimony. You're getting the big climax. I mean, I love Rejoice into Oh Lord, my God is just so, uh, you know, it's just so great. And I even bought a fifty-dollar fill uh, drum fill for that song. I'm sure you've all heard the story.
3: No you don't know the
1: story okay so uh we we were tracking oh lord my god and um this was my first time kind of being a session guy uh you know uh so i was doing it's neil's record and basically i was coming in to do his record and and whatever he wanted me to play i was there to provide that service but there was one phil uh uh and you are and I go Very Simon Simon Phillips sort of fill. Yeah. And uh, and Neil was like, "Can you redo that? I really don't like that fill. Like, and and you know, it's his album, so it's like, all right, whatever you want. But I was like, oh man, I love that fill, I love it. I was like, how? Like, can I buy it for fifty bucks? You know, can I buy that fill? I'll pay you for that to keep that fill on the album 50 bucks and sure enough, you know, because I was a session guy for this album, Neil uh-huh. paid me a session fee, uh, whatever, that fee, whatever that fee was, was minus fifty dollars on the check, you know, <laughs> That's uh, hilarious. and I actually paid fifty dollars to keep to keep that fill in there. That's funny. <laughs>
2: Sometimes you just gotta buy your way in. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but anyway, so that whole climax, the whole last part of testimony—that's uh, what that I'm—that's what I'm gonna, I'm surprised. Uh, yeah,
0: I, no, I, I it shouldn't be a surprise, but I I sort of expected you might go like you said, thoughts part five or something, you know, something a bit different. That that's cool. Yeah, great.
1: Well, I mean, testimony was such a special album, and for me, it was so special to be a part of it. It was my yeah. first uh, first time working with Neil outside of transatlantic and he had just left spock's beard so i really wanted to you know be there for him and uh and you know the the storyline is so near to his heart and so you know uh personal to him that it was really special to be part of that so yeah i mean i thought about there's some of the other songs on my possible list here the separated man is a favorite of mine i love that i think that's another track from one that you know you get a little bit of everything you know in this kind of epic and uh so yeah, there's a lot of songs we could pick, but I, I did want to get something from Testimony because it was such a special album for uh, for Neil and, and myself as well. Mm-hmm. And I figured the best way to cheat one song would just pick a, a part.
0: This is tough, man. God, I'm I'm try I'm starting to already think about what my last pick's gonna be and it's impossible. Yeah, All right. It's getting hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Kyle, what where are you going?
3: Well, uh as the single uh you know, the sole Christian in the group. i got that's, that's another
0: irony of this whole thing.
3: And <laughs> <laughs> talking about, talking about Neil Morris music, you know? <laughs> so um, I, I got to pick something from Jesus Christ, the exorcist. Uh, and so, and, and of course, Mike is like looking up at me. He yeah. doesn't play drums. He doesn't play drums on this. I'm sorry, Mike. Um, but to me, like- point, point, so more... point out, point out to people that don't know, Eric Gillette is the yep. one that plays drums that's on right. this. Yeah, yeah Eric, Eric does a heck of a job playing the drums, and I'll also just say this, is that I remember when they announced uh, Morse Fest, it was going to be Jesus Christ the Exorcist, this unreleased musical, I think everyone's response was sort of like, what? What? Like, <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't excited at all, I was actually sort of like, oh man, really? And I can't remember what he did on the other night, but it, I just wasn't like, maybe it was Voices of the Beard or something, I know Jeff's rolling in his grave right now, like, because he knows all these details, but... Um, And just being like, ah, bummer. And then I heard the demos and it was like good, but I didn't quite get it. But watching that performed in concert, it it was one of my favorite single nights of Morse Fest. And I mean, it it was just unreal to see it kind of come alive and to see what they were able to do, especially on the staging side, with the limited time that they had with all those different voices. It was really like spectacular. Um, But the one performance that stands out, I think on the recording, but also especially live is uh, the Madman of the Gadarenes. And so uh, if you're not familiar with the song um, or the story of Jesus's life, there's a guy named Legion that has, you know, these dozens of demons inside of him. And so he's being exercised. And so the way that Neil does it, one of the classic things that he has done since Spock's is the gentle giant kind of layered vocal thing. So the four part harmonies, and I think it is done as effectively on that song as really anything else he has done. And I think seeing it play out on stage, it makes that song really stand out to me so well. And then the music on it is great. And then at the end, Jesus comes back and does a whole nother part. I mean, like, because it's a musical, there's so much in that song. It's a really killer track. So sorry I spoke so much about it, but it's a great one. I have, I have been, been in, in this man, man many years, years and we lost, there are but some more now of
4: us in living this here. What? I, I have been, have been, been in this man, this man many years, years, ago. There's ago. There's years ago. and man there some more. Now, took him over, and we are living here. We are called a legion. I have been in this man many years, and there was more. Now, took him over, and we are living here.
0: I mean oh, that's, I, that's my favorite song on that show. For I mean sure. it's 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 hard for me to sort of connect with that musical a little bit, but again, it's it's still amazing music and even seeing it at Morsefest and taking into account like you said that they had less maybe a month or like, like to learn it, rehearse it, perform it. And it went perfectly. Like no one forgot a part and no one fell off stage or like all those little things. I just appreciated, you know, I thought it was like amazing. Like who, who pulls that off? So Mm -hmm. yeah. Very cool. Hey
3: Mike, can I ask a question? Um, You can say no. Um, did you consider playing drums on that or did you not want to play drums on that? Is that a question you'd rather not answer? It can be edited out. If not. No,
1: but- no, no. Um, the whole, I was on tour with sons of Apollo that, that whole year. So um, I think a big reason that became that year's Morse Fest is because I wasn't available. So Neil was looking for something that he could do that wasn't Neil Morse's band or, you know, anything that involved me. So, uh, I remember him sending me those demos years and years beforehand. And uh, uh, I think Neil played drums on the demos and he had a whole real Keith Moon thing going on a whole bunch of parts. And um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was never even an option for me to play that because I wasn't available. Um, so Neil had to come up with a plan for a Morse Fest without me. I think he'd previously done one without me with Spock's beard because I was you know, I was out, so he did the whole Snow uh, Morse Fest. And then he came up with this idea for this particular Morse Fest because I wasn't around. So me playing at the show was never uh, an option. Uh, And then once they had rehearsed it for the show, I think it was, you know, okay, Eric had learned how to play drums on the whole thing. I think they went right into the studio to record the studio version right after Morse Fest. So Mm -hmm. it was a a no-brainer that I wasn't going to be a part of this just because I was unavailable and, you know, it was his thing. and. I, I was not offended at all. I understood this the situation and that's just, it was just the, the timing of it all.
0: All right, Dan, for Sure. where are you going? Oh,
2: okay, so now I'm on a bit of a predicament because we have one album left. I kind of want to cover it, but we also have so many albums before that I, I want to make <laughs> some repeats. Uh, but I'll be gracious to you, Roy, and you'll do the repeating. I'm sure you'll pick well. And right. I'll go with seemingly sincere. Alright, nice. Yeah. Which I think is oh, I nice. was about to read what you what you, you wrote there, <laughs> but still. I think it's uh the the middle instrumental section is one of the best instrumental parts Neil has written in a long time. Uh, it's crazy. No, not because the others are bad, like just because this one stands out so so much. And I love the the drum solo, Mike. It's it's super cool. And, thank you. Just, just was, the vibe in general. No, go ahead. Sorry,
1: I was gonna say I just that was one take on the fly. That was just, I just played that, and that's what ended up on the album. It was just the only the only time I played that. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. just just off the fly. But anyway, mm-hmm. thank you.
2: Awesome. Yeah, and the the whole vibe that, that kind of like technical uh, thing that it, that it goes in the beginning and the, the arpeggiator that that Neo just instead of pressing a button on like every other keyboardist on the plane, and he just plays the full thing. The melodies and how it goes into the mood with the story. I just love that track. I love that album as a whole. I think it's pretty strong, but that song it just stands out. And yeah, that's it.
0: Yeah. I, I remember hearing, uh, getting to that, uh, that song in, in the album first time kind of listening to it and being really kind of surprised by it. It was like a new, it was Neil Morse, but like kind yeah. of like a new take Very on different. it. And it was yeah. like, cool, you know, still finding ways to, you know, reinvent even yeah. in the slightest yeah. way. And I, I think that's amazing. You know, I thought that was really cool. And it's, yeah, it's the, it's, the standout song on the record for sure. I mean, it's the. And I, I gotta,
2: I gotta give a shout out to my, my friend, our friend, Christian, who made the video for that. Video, amazing video. A video you, with quarantine, with the, the considering windows, that. I yeah. mean, yeah. yeah. Very cool. That's a great one. One of my favorites. Yeah. Too.
0: So we, God, we pretty much won from every album, except the second solo record, which unfortunately I'm not going to go to. Um, but yeah. So, ah, man, this is killer. So I'm definitely, all right. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to one. I know I'm going to that album.
4: Yeah. Now
0: the question is no pun intended I think I trust you. is it separated man is it author of confusion or is it reunion
3: Those are, <laughs> between those three Yeah well you got to think you're you're ending the disc here I know so, it's sort of yeah I would are we in th- sequence What's that yeah. yeah. Are
2: we in sequence like the We we've we've,
0: re- pretty... re- we've sort of reordered them as sometimes at yeah. the end of this thing but this, one, this one could that, pretty much like. flow Um yeah. All right I love Separated Man, the I'm the the man part is just like one of the greatest things ever. I I think I'm gonna go reunion because of the epic ending and that theme, which is like the best thing ever also. So, yeah.
1: It's a great choice. Um.
0: Tough one, man. That's really hard. To me, that's, that, that was that, and
1: and I mentioned Oh Lord, my God, my God. Like, but Oh Lord, my God and Reunion always are such great show closers. They're both so much high energy and such a positive vibe. Yeah, so I, I think it's a great pick.
0: I gotta tell you, the funny thing for me, the religious aspect of it, just touching on a little bit, but it's, you know, it's never really mattered to me in, in terms of this music and. But when he was first starting to release these solo records, and I'm listening to stuff like One, and I'm getting I'm getting to Reunion, and then there's that whole big kind of epic part at the ending where it's like, make us one, and all that kind of stuff. And just, it would always, in the beginning, sort of make me laugh a little bit at myself. Like, I'm just singing that out loud like nothing <laughs> in the car. Well, you know, you just sort of let yourself get in into it, and it's just it comes down to that. It just makes you feel good and it's great music. Yeah. That's really, I think the amazing achievement of it. It doesn't I matter. I don't think yeah. I feel,
1: I'm, I'm a heavy metal, long haired, blue beard tattoo Jew. And I'm, crying <laughs> like, right. and I'm like crying like a baby, you know, behind,
0: you
1: a lot of these, a lot of these concept albums though, they, I think they really come alive live. Like solo criteria. You just talked about seemingly sincere. Like, I don't think until we performed it at Morse fest, Did it really move me? And the same with Testimony 2. You know, a lot of these albums, when they get performed from top to bottom, that's when you, like live on stage with an audience, that's when you really could feel the brilliance of these. And Sola Gratia, I hope, um, you know, I hope we get to do that again, because we only did it at Morse Fest 2020 you know, to Kyle. <laughs>
3: <laughs> right. Uh, it so, was great. Right. Uh, you know, so people people got to
1: watch it around the world, but, you know, as of now, there hasn't been a Blu-ray release of it. So I hope uh, one of these days we could maybe revisit it in front of a real audience, you know, because uh, it, it's, it's a great, great album and it would be a shame if it only got ever performed once and that was it. Then it wasn't even in front of a full right. audience. So we'll we'll see if we ever get a chance to revisit it.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing with, with the catalog, you know, when you bring in even the Spock's Beard stuff and Neil Morse Band stuff and all the things that you guys play live, you know, it's great to see the full albums and and they're amazing. But then you're always and you feel like you've seen stuff like the Light performed many times or the Call or stuff. But you think about it and then you haven't. Like you know, the Light's been performed once at Morse Fest in all the years or. Or a lot of the songs have been played once over and you're on like the seventh one or something. So it's it's got to be tough to pick what to play. It's impo- it's, it's it's a challenge.
1: And uh, Neil will be the first to tell you that he lets me write the set list pretty much. So it's <laughs> been a challenge uh, to not repeat anything. And there was a while I think when it, my back was like at the first. Three. three. Yeah. yeah. Three. But, and I think the call may have been done twice maybe, but it's a very, very conscious uh, decision to not repeat anything from Morse to Morse fest. Uh, very, very few repeats. And that's, that's definitely intentional.
0: Yeah. That's insane. Uh, I wanted to ask you quick before we go, cause you're doing something really cool on your socials with um, the yearly kind of recap thing. And I, I don't know if you've said it, but I'm just wondering, uh well, what gave you that that idea? If you want to talk about it a little bit, and also how long, how far are you going with it? Like, how what year do you plan on stopping?
1: Right. Well, what gave me the idea was, um, uh, some album just celebrated its fiftieth anniversary. It was sometime earlier this year. It was like, oh my god, uh, it's this
0: just
3: Beatles, yeah?
0: yeah maybe it was-, it
1: was maybe it was Ram.
0: Uh,
3: I think it was Ram. Oh, that sounds was- right.
1: It was something like that. And I was like, oh, my God, do you believe this is 50 years ago, 50 years ago? And then I looked at all the other albums celebrating their 50th anniversary this year. And then I saw, you know, Mad Men Across the Water and uh, Ram and this this list of the most incredible albums that came out in 1971. So I did a post all about, wow, look at 1971. Like, what a list. Who's next? It was just incredible. And then I, I had this idea, you know what, why don't. Why don't I kind of look at each year, year by year? And I figured I'd start with uh, 67 because it was the year I was born. So it will pretty much be, you know, every year from my lifetime. But 67 was a really, that was really the starting point for albums anyway, you know, up till then it was a lot of singles and Pet Sounds came out in 66 and Revolver. But 1967 is generally when album formats began and, uh, so I figured I would do this, uh, you know, every couple of days, starting with 67. And originally I was only going to go 67 to 76, which are kind of the golden years. Uh, but I've kind of gotten into this, you know, the swing of things and it's actually been fun to research them all. So I'm currently up to 1981, uh, I'm def- going to <laughs> go, I mean, I'm definitely going to go at least to 85. So it would be from the year I was born to the year. I formed Dream Theater and became kind of a professional myself. So, I'll at least start from six. Go to I'll at least go to eighty-five, um, but I don't know. I may continue from there. It's it's been yeah. a lot of fun. It's yeah. been a lot of
3: fun. There's a guy in your comments that can take over for you, so he can. Well, just, he probably has been prepping his list. Like, he probably has,
1: and then every soon as I post, he's like, "Okay, what's not on there?" And just deletes everything. It's like, dude, get your own Facebook page.
3: It's you just, been fun. It lists off every of them.
1: And I, I'm, I'm also tempted to do it with film as well. I'll do a, a, a year in film oh, yeah. series as well, starting in 67, just because I love film just as much as I love music. No, it's so cool. We'll it's even,
0: even looking back and seeing like the recent one you did, 81, and going like, well, God, I forgot that came out that year and, you mm-hmm. know, that kind of stuff. So it's cool. I, it's cool I have a me.
1: feeling it's going to be less and less. I mean, you look at like 73, my my list from 73, it was like, Yellow Goodbye, Yellowbrook Road and Dark Side of the Moon. I mean, all these masterpieces. If if we were to pull up a list from 2012, you're not going to see releases like that. I think you you know, I mean, mean, every year I do a year-end list and I'll, you know, I'll list, you know. Can you do one from like
0: 1994? That would be interesting.
1: (laughs) That was when it was really bad. I mean, this is not classic albums like that anymore. You'll get, okay, here's like the new one from... uh, coldplay or or dillinger escape plan or whatever you know but it's not like you look at these lists that i've been posting like 67 70 was incredible 73 was incredible 76 was incredible even the latest one i just did 80 and 81. i mean these are timeless classic albums and some bands like genesis and yes and the who are doing zeppelin they're doing like two albums a year it was just incredible that's crazy yeah incredible the quality of stuff you know, coming out '60s, '70s, and '80s, I, I just don't think.
3: Well, in fairness, list like that anymore. We're no, we're no longer in the LP era. Like it's now moving back to singles, which is interesting. And movies would be the same. I think like you've got eras in the '70s where I mean, some of the greatest directors were making films, and like some of those years would be crazy. And then some of them, like last year, I I could maybe name three movies I really liked. I mean, you probably like more films than I do, but like. I watched the father on an airplane and like loved it, but that's like the first movie I've seen in like a year that I really loved, you know? So,
1: well, 2020 in particular was a horrible, horrible year because yeah. most of Hollywood was shut down for the pandemic. So it's yeah. probably the least amount of films ever released. So yeah, even last year for me, picking a top 10 films was difficult, but then again, because of the pandemic, so much music was coming out. I couldn't do a top 10 for music in 2020. I had to do a top 20 because it was, it was so much, you know. This year too.
0: This year yeah. is crazy.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Did you want to do any honorable mentions, Kyle? You got you, you got any few that?
3: You know, I always have more than enough to get through. I, I got to be honest. This list, like, if I made a list of twelve, I think ten of these songs would have been on there. I mean, this is like crazy. Like, I this is why we don't have Jeff on these things, you know? Because <laughs> Jeff Jeff would have picked some obscure unreleased track. You know, um, I, I love you, Jeff. So the, the one that stands out maybe the most to me is Author of Confusion. I think on some level I see that as like the quintessential, that's my word, but the quintessential Neil like solo track. It's it's just perfect. It gets everyone involved. I just love it. Um, then from Testimony 2, uh, The Truth Will Set You Free, I think is great. I love the high harmony vocal. A guy named Matthew Ward sings that and then Rick sings it live. But there at the end, I just, I love that. Uh, and then even like Cradle to the Grave, I couldn't pick it because it just doesn't seem... Epic enough, but I love the duet with Will. Like I love the lyrics of that. Um, I got a few more, but those those are three that stand out to me.
0: What about you, Dan?
2: Um, I think the only one that I really really missed is Separated event but it's fine because we have two songs from one. Yeah, to yeah, me, that's it's a, that's, it's like that's
0: definitely one I re- I you know missing for me. Crossing over, I love that ending. That that whole thing from yeah, testimony true. true. Yeah, I kind of um, forgot about that. And uh, I liked I really liked Overflow from the last record. That's another favorite of mine, That's another um,
2: which is great. So what's, what's the list? Recap it. All right. Wait, but one thing about overflow,
1: but- that's going to be a uh, Sherry Morse's res- uh, restaurant. So you, you could go for brec- breakfast in the overflow. Nice. <laughs> 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 <argues> <politik> <laughs> breakfast <imbap> <laughs> in the, what is it? Breakfast in the overflow? Oh, <inaudible> okay. Yeah. Is that the
0: lyric? <laughs> yeah uh so we got uh yeah recapping uh, uh a whole nother trip creation entrance conflict seeds of gold world without end storm before the calm so many roads testimony part five um boy i can't even read my own handwriting madman this is like
3: thoughts part five you
0: know yeah madman uh seemingly sincere reunion pretty awesome and well, there very you go. long that's,
1: that's night two of morse fest 2020- <laughs> that's <very 21>, right?
0: <laughs> well yeah we'll, we'll sleep we'll camp out uh hey mike always fun man uh thanks and uh good luck the rest of the year neil morse band album it's in danger august 27th make sure you get it get your tickets see the tour and um whatever else is coming down the road from from this guy who makes too many albums per year and uh <laughs> A- anything else coming down? Are you, are you, uh, are you secretly moving things uh, behind those? Um
1: I uh, am starting <laughs> another album next week, but I can't name with who just yet. We haven't decided if we're going to openly talk about it or keep it a secret. Ooh. So nothing new, but if you look at my arsenal of bands, uh, I started a new session with one of them next week. Uh, So so there's that. Uh, And then, uh, you know, in addition to Neil Morse Band finally getting on the road in October, there's also uh, Transatlantic is going to do next year's Morse Fest as well as next year's Cruise to the Edge. And uh, fingers crossed, we could add some more dates. uh, So we'll see. That's yet to be seen. But we're hoping if we're getting together for those two events, we could squeeze out some more shows while, you know, while we're together. So there's that, and then there's also still Sons of Apollo in South America. Fingers crossed that it will happen. I don't know, Daniel. What's it like okay. down there? How's it going,
2: man? Like in my state, it's getting way better. you are down vaccinating people twenty five and up this weekend, and it should go down to eighteen plus next week or the or the, the following one. Um, I think down south, like in Sao Paulo, is still not that still not going so well. But I mean. By May next year it's it should be fine.
1: Well we're I scheduled so. for Sons of Apollo scheduled for January and that's like the, th- or I, think January, like the yeah. I think it's like the third or fourth time it's been rescheduled. So we're hoping no, it yeah, will like stick it'll stick. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully I mean, hopefully it'll happen in January.
2: Fingers crossed. Yeah. yeah. If it doesn't, you guys can just come down to my house and play an acoustic sound. <laughs> <or something.
0: laughs> hey, did you yeah. see did you see the the Tenacious D thing that they came out with yeah. today? Paul McCartney Kyle, did you even see that? shared it. Yeah. Kyle, did you see that? They did a, no, I missed it. You got to see it. It's amazing. It's so good. Okay. They do Uh, You Never Give Me Your Money, Uh, this whole kind of crazy thing. It's awesome. Definitely check that oh, out. Wow. I sent it yeah. to the group.
2: Yeah, I forgot to check it. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, Paul cool.
0: McCartney like tweeted he shared about it, it yeah, saying yeah. how
1: much he loved it. It was great. Yeah, very wow. cool. All
0: wow. right, guys. We'll see you soon. Everybody stay well. Good talking to you guys. guys. All right, guys. Take it easy. Right. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye.